0: Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Second Act Actors. My name is Janet McMorty, I'm your host, and I was and still very much am a medical doctor simultaneously pursuing a career in acting. This is episode number nine, and it's another industry episode. I am so excited for my guest this week. It is the one, the only, the greatest of all time in my humble opinion, Helen Tansy. Helen Tanzi is one of Toronto's top headshot photographers. She has taken all of my headshots and the shots for this podcast. She is incredible. Now, my logical type A personality and research loving brain did a ton of research into who should do my headshots in the Toronto market. And As actors, we get advice, good and bad, but mostly well intentioned, from tons of different people regarding who should take your headshots. And we go into this a lot in this um, episode, but honestly, find someone that you're comfortable with. Interview them and find someone that you're comfortable with. Ignore what everyone says. And I don't know if this is the best advice, but whatever. Ignore what everyone says. Find the person you're most comfortable with because that is who will produce the best headshots for you and you will produce the best headshots for you. And that person for me and many, many others is the incredible Helen Tansy. Try not to get emotional during this interview because she is... She's the best. She's incredible. She makes me feel so comfortable and so confident with myself. I mean, the minute I walked into her studio and we've developed a really really treasured friendship from it. We go into a lot of interesting things in this interview. I'm excited for you to hear it. She's a practicing Buddhist, and so we talk a lot about, again, not only headshot tips and stuff like that for actors, but also her thoughts on aging in the industry, especially as women, her thoughts about ego, my thoughts about ego, especially as women. So we do a deep dive into a lot of really interesting things. I'm really excited for you to hear it. Please enjoy the incredible Helen Tansy. Hi, Helen hi it's so it's so nice to see your face (laughs) it's so nice to be here is it frigid where you are too
1: in Toronto is it cold it is but I have to say I think I'm the only person I love the snow And when we got that snowfall, it just brings out that kid in me of like, I remember, because we don't get snow like we used to when we were younger. Right. So I know you're in Aurelia, so it's a little bit different because you get a lot of snow. But in Toronto, I know that it was just, it brought back that childhood memory for me and I just loved it.
0: I don't mind the snow, especially when it gets to the point where it is now, where you can do outdoor activities in the snow. It's when it's like, it's minus 30 up here right now. And I just... That's, I can't, I can't, that's too cold. I can't do that. It hurts. <laughs> it, it hurts both like in my soul and in my extremities.
1: I went out, I took my dog Harvey out and my, I, I wear contact lenses and they froze they started freezing to my eyeballs and I'm like what's going on like I couldn't blink and it was like and I got in it was like water started coming out of my eyes so I guess the contacts with the coat <laughs> very weird <laughs> That's terrifying.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh, I've never I've had eyelashes freeze before and hair yeah. like wet hair yes. but never contacts. Holy jumping. Okay, good to know. Yep, I think that is means the cold is incompatible with life. You know, like it is yeah. it is too cold. <laughs> yes. I'm so happy to have you as part of this kind of offshoot episodes. I'm chatting with people within the entertainment industry, people who've been supportive of both myself and just other actors who've decided to go into this industry, crazy industry later on in life and kind of after their first act, as I'm calling it, first career. So tell me how you got into this industry. How did you become a photographer?
1: Well, first of all, thank you for having me. And I love that you're doing this. I think it's so important in anything that we do that we have community. Mm -hmm. And I think that you're creating this space for actors to sort of help support one another. I think is really important. So I think it's amazing that you're doing this, first of all. Yeah. And then I got into it. I was a model. And uh, when I was modeling in Europe, I was always so much more interested in what the photographers were doing. So after shoots, I would always ask them if I could stay and help them process the film or they would call out, you know, they'd be go, okay, F8, 100, you know, ISO. And I'd be like, what is that? What are you talking about? And it just fascinated me. So I left Europe, I came back, my brother got ill, my brother passed away, and it kind of changed my trajectory in my life. And I was a little bit lost. I was just sort of, you know, bartending and working. And then I started working for a photographer as his, um, just sort of booking his appointments, dealing with clients. And he sort of taught me a little bit more about photography. And I had a lot of friends that were actors. So I would take photos of them and sort of experiment on them. And then somebody approached me who owned a lab and they said, your work is really good. I've seen some of it. Would you be interested if I were to help you co-sign a loan? Would you be interested in, you know, opening up your own studio? And I knew this person too. He was a friend. And I said, yes. And that was it. And it was like the doors just kept opening. What do you think it was
0: well, I guess you kind of answered the question already, right? Like you're so interested as a model, interested in what's going on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. But was there some time in your life that said, okay, it's time to flip from modeling to this career? Or was it just kind of a, a gradual progression?
1: When I modeled, I never liked it. I didn't, I didn't yeah. want to do modeling. I got discovered and everybody was like, you're crazy if you don't do this. I don't know if I was very good at it either because modeling, as you know with acting, it's not just about looking. It's like an attitude. And in Europe, girls would walk in the room and they were like, this is mine. They had this confidence. And I'm like the nice Canadian girl. Hi, how are you? You know? I mean, I loved it because I got to travel. I, you know, I got to say I was a model in Europe, which was pretty cool. And I believe that it led me to the, and what it did do is that I know what it's like to be behind the lens. I know that nervous energy. I know how uncomfortable it is. And I worked with photographers that would make me feel so at ease. And then I worked with photographers that were not that nice, right? It Mm -hmm. made you feel horrible. And you left sessions almost in tears. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's all a learning. So I think, you know, when you get to that point in your life where you look back and you kind of see that you've been on this course, you don't really realize it. And then everything kind of lines up and makes sense. So even as a kid in my room, when I would play make believe, I pretended I was a photographer. So I kind of feel like this is something that was always meant for me.
0: Oh, that's, that's awesome. It's funny. One of my questions I like to ask people is what did you want to be when you grew up when you were a kid? Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny that you did that. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And so you've shot actors and writers and everyone under the sun, phenomenal, phenomenal career that you've had. Mm -hmm. For people who come into this, like you were saying, who've never done this before, never been behind, never been, sorry, in front of the camera, How
1: do you put actors and people like that at ease? I try just to be who I am. Like, I just try to be kind and and, and patient with people. Mm -hmm. And I understand. Like, I mean, I think it's a lot. First of all, it's a huge investment for actors, right? So there's that nervousness there of like, okay, I'm putting money into this. What I always think is a great thing when people are choosing a photographer, if they can, even like what I've been doing, you know, through... COVID is even just having Zoom meetings with people to talk to them just to sort of put their mind at ease or ask me questions, ask me as many questions as you want. So anything I think that I can do to help prepare you before you come in the room is a good thing, like from like what to bring for clothes, what to expect, how long it lasts, all that sort of stuff. And then when you come in, I mean, I hope you have, it's just fun, right? We talk and we get, and it's not really something that I do. It's not a formula. It's just, I think my personality works well with the sort of work that I do because I love people. I love talking. I love listening. I love learning and You know, like I know when we photograph, like, you know, you live in and you're a doctor and all this sort of stuff. And I I actually genuinely am interested in what people do. That was the biggest surprise
0: for me, having never done headshots before when I met you, was during our shoot, I was expecting the Sears catalog, you know, Sears photo booth, (laughs) right? Like, sit. Pose, right? Sit, pose. Now do this. Now look like you're a detective cop. Now look like you're a happy commercial actress. Where with you, it was just, no, just keep chatting. And you just go, and what you get out of people is incredible. And I think think that's really unique to you. I mean, I have very minimal experience with photographers, but I think just hearing from people other actors who shot with you and with other photographers. I think that's very unique and like you're saying it gets people so relaxed and natural. Well, thank you. Thank you. And it's fun. And it, it is, is fun. So fun. It is fun. Yeah. <laughs> so, you've it sounds like you've been a you've been a creative person your whole life. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest things I've heard from people who are creatives who did one job and then switched to another is that the biggest kicker for that was was burnout was lack of creativity in their first job burnout nothing's really lighting their fire for somebody like you who's been very creative their whole life basically yeah. what do you do say on a morning you wake up and you're like oh my gosh i don't feel like being creative today is there something that you do that helps light
1: that fire that keeps you interested in people I think that, that's a good question. I think that sometimes, I mean, I, I, I have my practice, I've, I'm a practicing Buddhist, so I wake up every morning and I do my meditations and everything. So mm-hmm. I think that grounds me. And I think I, I would say 80% of the time, I, I love coming to work. I love what I do. The days that I don't are like, okay, you know, just suck it up you know, and, and, and I do, and it shifts, right? And then once I sort of start, once I change my mindset, it changes everything, right? So, and that's the same thing the other way, like sometimes you can start off, think you're going to have a great day, and then all of a sudden you get a client or a rude phone call, and it just sets you off, right? So it's just sort of that resetting and just, yeah. I don't know if I answered that well. Sorry. Absolutely, you did. Okay. <laughs> so, practical things that
0: you've you've incorporated. I know when we were shooting before you. I know you you meditate. You're a runner. Is that are those things that you do kind of on those days that you feel blah?
1: Yeah, I mean, I run every day. Like, I mean, I run a lot, and I, I meditate every day. Like that's just that is non-negotiable for me, my morning practice. Like for example, this morning, my husband uh, said, oh, can I just talk to you about something? And I said, I can after I do my practice. Like I, I carve out that time for me. I think like anything, like sometimes we just have days where maybe we don't feel creative or maybe we're just not feeling good, especially with COVID. I think a lot of us, it's really hard to get motivated. You know, we've kind of lost our steam, but you just, I just sort of accept that and and just work through it. You know, and there's little things that I do, like, like, to your listeners, it's going to sound but, you know, I feel like sometimes if I feel stuck in my energy, I sage my studio, like I cleanse it, you know what I mean? Or, like you were saying, going for a run or I call a friend and go, okay, you know what? I'm not in a good headspace," And, you know, you work through it. So there's lots of little things you can do. But honestly, there's not at this stage in my life, there's not a lot of stuff that really sort of takes me down for the count. So every now and then I might sort of have sad moments. But for the most part, I'm, I feel pretty grounded in my life. Meditation
0: is something that I had never thought of before I started acting, it got introduced oh. to me, yeah, it got introduced to me by an acting coach who said, "I think your brain is <laughs> I think your brain is too full <laughs> in order for you to harness and grab onto some of the emotions necessary for some of these scenes acting, yeah, I think you need to meditate to clear the brain in order to be able to grab in your brain that emotion and bring it forward." which was completely the opposite of what I thought I had to do. I thought, okay, I need to play the stressed out mother, which I get an audition for all the time. My job is very stressful. Yeah. I I know exactly how to be stressed because I'm stressed all the time. Like if I have a stressful day at work, I'll say, okay, today's the day I'm going to do this tape because I'm already stressed and I can show it and it's real genuine emotion. Yeah. Which it was not. I needed to clear the stress away using meditation in order to
1: (laughs) grab at stress and play it forward. I I don't know if that makes any sense. Interesting. So do you find that it's made you doing the meditation? Has it made you a better act? Because it makes you more present.
0: Yes, absolutely. I think because my logical brain is so overwhelmed with my job as a doctor, it has been something that I've needed to make a priority in order to switch my focus into acting if I ever need to
1: kind of turn doctor off turn actor on even if I'm playing a doctor well because you're science right like you're science based so you're logical thinking so it's like all of a sudden like like with the acting I'm sure it's like connecting more to your heart right and like what does this feel like what would this character feel instead of what would this character think you know what I mean Absolutely.
0: I think you're 100% correct. The emotions are there. So it's not like I need to be continuing that emotion all day long. It's there. I just need to calm down and then be able to turn it on. It's always there because I have the life experience of it. That's not going to go away. Yes. So yeah, it's been, it's been very interesting. I wish I'd learned more about it in my science degrees, you know, moving through stuff like that. I think most people who come from a logical sciencey brained background oof could really benefit from something like that.
1: Meditation, I think that there is this idea that we had to sit and be still. Mm. And meditation that yes you can do it that way, but meditation can also be because I know you're you're into physical fitness too, meditation can also be going for a run, right? It can be yoga. It can be walking. It's anything where you come into your body and you connect to it. And I think that there's this idea that we have to close down, like have no thoughts. And that's no.
0: (laughs) I think that was a tough thing for me to learn. Not tough, but it was a surprising thing for me to learn when I, again, I come from a logical brain saying this is the right way to do things. This is the wrong way to do things. You know, that's what medicine is. Right, wrong, black, white, follow the algorithm. So for me, yeah, meditation was, oh, I have thoughts coming into my brain. I'm doing it wrong. Just stop. Stop. You're not doing it right. not true. Something that I really like that you do is your Sundari women. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I am not quite at that great wiseness and maturity yet. (laughs) I'm very close. But I resonated with, you know, looking at the book and reading interviews with some of the women who you've had in that, who are in that book, sorry, mm-hmm. who, like me, came into acting or came into something later on in life with the fear that they had already aged out of this industry. Yeah. And I think you do such a great job of celebrating that with Sundari women. Do you have any advice or just general thoughts about that? That fear of you know, here in North America, we're not allowed to age, especially as women. Yeah. In other parts of the world, it's celebrated. Like you look at a BBC comedy and it's just celebrated. Yeah. And then coming into that, having, you know, I know me personally had a couple people say, "Mm, well, you're, you're almost 40. Sorry. You're going to be really limited in what people have for auditions. Yeah, what are your
1: thoughts? Yeah, it's really it's really challenging. I think in your in your industry specifically, I think it slowly, slowly, slowly is changing. But I think it starts with us. Like I think that women that we have to, I mean, the Sundari women for me was as I was aging and I was approaching fifty, I would, I was looking for people that I looked at and go, okay, I want to age like that, and felt empowered by. So when you look at someone like, to me, like Lauren Hutton, who, you know, she's in her 70s, she's done no work. And even if people choose to do work, that's okay. I try not to go down that rabbit hole. But I think that we need to see more mature actors. I think that we need to see more mature women in print ads, all that sort of stuff, so that we are represented and that we feel good about aging right? And it's mm-hmm. not easy. It's not easy getting older, not only like the physical, you know, how we look, but just, you know, what goes on with our bodies. But I think if we can see more women aging in film and TV, then it gives us permission to also, you know, so when you have certain women that are like, look at Kate Winslet, like when she did Mare Town*, like she blew me away. And she's There was a scene where in a love scene that she had and the director said, oh, we could edit that out and edit out because I think she had like a roll of fat over her jeans. And she was like, no, like, that's my body. Don't you dare touch it. And I think that's really important. I think that we have to be more authentic. I know you're saying it starts with us. It truly does. I think what
0: I struggle with, and I think this comes from the media, is this weird feeling of be confident, but don't have an ego. Like, it's this weird kind of balance. I don't know if balance is the right word, but you know what I mean? Like, there's this this push of being like, yes, confidence, confidence women, but oh, like not too confident because you don't want to be an ego or a narcissist or anything like that. Like, shut down the the ego is kind of the thing that you see on self-care and wellness websites, which I think as women, I'm like, I don't really have an ego to shut down because I think as women growing up, we were told, you know... No ego, no ego, no ego. Where, what do you go?
1: Totally. And do they say that to men? Like mm-hmm. that would, right? Is it women more like when women, like, you know, we step into our power and it's like, oh, we're difficult or we're being, right? So, but I think that, I think that, I th- I think there's nothing more sexy and incredible than a woman who's confident and owns who she is. And my thing is like, if you have a problem with that, then that's your problem, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't think that women should dummy themselves down or not step into their power because it's making other people uncomfortable. Like, that's their problem. They have to learn to shift out of that, not you.
0: Has there been anything that surprised you about your job or and or <laughs> the entertainment
1: industry as a whole? I mean, I, I really love what I do still. Like I've been doing, this year will be my 30, 30th year of shooting. <laughs> so in April, it'll be 30 years. I'm trying to figure out how I can celebrate that. I don't know the exact date, but I know it was April when I started. So I have to figure out what I'm going to do. You know what? How supportive actors are of each other, mm-hmm. but also myself too. And it's an industry where it's hard. It can be cutthroat. But yet I find that actors, like I know you're friends with some actors and when you post something, they're like, good for you. Go for it. I'm so happy for you. And, and I think that's really, I love that mm-hmm. because it's really, and especially it's hard because you might've gone out for that same role yeah. Yeah. and for you to have that grace to go like, okay, I didn't get it, but I'm so glad that Janet got it. Yeah. I mean, I think that's really incredible. And I don't know if in a lot of professions that's
0: there. That was a big surprise for me as well too. Was, uh, yeah, I, I'm sure it exists. The cut, the cutthroatness, of course, it does. Like deep seated in our brains, there's always a little bit of that jealousy, evil, yeah, thing there. But I think especially in Canada, when there's so many actors vying for so few roles we have to support each other as, especially yeah. as Canadian actors saying, yes, yes. We, when one of us, what is the, the great Shits Creek quote? When one of us shines, all of us shine. <laughs> I think that's so important and we have to support each other. We have to. Yeah, absolutely.
1: We're all freelance artists. So I think what, what, I think the, the bit of wisdom That I have learned from doing this is when I first started, like for the first few years, like you have times where you're like really, really busy and then all of a sudden it stops Mm. and you're like, did I do something wrong? Mm -hmm. Did I, am I not like, does nobody like my work anymore? And, and I think actors go through that same thing. And I think that what happens with freelance artists is that you realize that's just the nature of the business, Mm. you know, and. There are times where I know that I'm the flavor of the month. And then I know it will be like Denise Grant or Tim Lee's. And that's great. And it'll come back again. But just realizing like, okay, it's it's not anything I'm doing. It's just the nature of the business. And I think that's for actors too, right? Because you could book like, you know, three things. And then all of a sudden you don't book something for three months. And you're like, what did I do? And you didn't do anything. Yeah. It's just the business, right? And just sort of trusting yourself and, and not and not second guessing yourself and use that time creatively. Like, okay, I'm not working right now. So I'm going to take classes, you know, for me, like with shooting, I'm a little slow right now. So I'm going to work on my running or I'm going to work on another project, or I'm going to make some backdrops or something. Right. So when you do have those slow periods, try to use it creatively so that you're still lifting up your energy Mm -hmm. so that when that work does come, you're ready for it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think when you are the product, That is very, very vulnerable when you're not getting what you were expecting or that momentum isn't flowing because it's literally you as a human being. It's not there's yeah, you are it.
1: I don't know how you guys do it. Like, honestly, I did one audition. A girlfriend of mine is an agent and she asked me (laughs) to go on this audition. I was like, no, no. And she goes, well, if you get it, it's $10,000. And I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So I went and I left there. I was trembling. Like I just felt like I lost my voice. Like I couldn't, like my voice got really small and stuck here. And the, the, where I went, they were very sort of when I walked in, I was like, hi. And they said, oh, you can just have a seat over there. And I was like, oh, like it was kind of a little bit rude, I felt. But but I remember just thinking, I don't know how you guys put yourself out there like this. Mm-hmm. It's really, really challenging. And I think
0: the the biggest thing that I have found I have to overcome is constant rejection. Constant, especially for me, and this is a little kind of self narcissistic by like thinking about myself. From someone like myself who has generally gotten accepted, you know, university, grad school, accepted to medical school, accepted to things, you know, there haven't been many failures in my very privileged life. Yeah. To go from that to constant rejection was tough. Totally. But there's no way I could have been able could have done it if I was if I hadn't gone through medical school or my my first kind of act. If I was a 20 something getting constantly rejected as they was we do in this industry. There's no way I could have I could have done it.
1: So what did you learn then? Because I mean, you are like you're a doctor and you're used to like you know, every, right? <laughs> you are right. So, and then all of a sudden being like, what did that bring up? Like, what did you learn from that?
0: Oh, I think it's resiliency for sure. Okay. And resiliency that came through the medical training process, which is designed yeah. to completely break you down in every way, shape or form. It's uh, that sounds very dramatic, but, <laughs> but I think it, it is resiliency, but also knowing that I do have a backup plan. And that was done on purpose because I know myself and I've been through immense amounts of therapy to know myself. And so I know I have a backup plan. So every day that I don't get an audition is not a failure. It's just another day. And I think that comes from the resiliency that has been built up since since training, medical training, for sure.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. But how wonderful, too, that at, you know, this place in your life that you get to be vulnerable and step out of your comfort zone and grow again and discover more like that's really exciting not a lot of people have the courage to do that
0: it is really exciting it's terrifying because of that exact reason because logical brain doesn't like being emotional (laughs) logical brain has been taught don't show emotion especially in your line of work as a woman in a very male dominated field the last thing you want to do is show emotion And then to be able to try and break that down, to do that in front of people, yeah, it's been very interesting. It's been a ton of fun. I was not expecting it to be as fun as it is.
1: And then the relationships that you make too. I mean, I think that's the favorite thing of my work is that I've created, like I look at my friends, I have created all these incredible relationships and it's just, it's it's so wonderful.
0: Yeah, and people who I know... I never, no, I never would have met if I hadn't done this, right, because it's a very insular little medical bubble. But it's interesting, especially with the pandemic, all these people, I've never met them in person, I've just met them over Zoom in an acting class. I've never seen their legs. <laughs> you know, I've just seen them from here. <laughs> but you just feel so connected to these people because you've been put in a vulnerable position and they've seen your vulnerability and they relate, they relate to it. Yes. <laughs> Tell me about actors, just in your experience. Like, what are they like? Tell me, like, you see Mm. them day in and day out. And you've seen the top elite to the just starting out me's of the world.
1: I mean, I think, I mean, I love actors, right? Like, you guys are just so, you're just so open and honest and vulnerable. Like, it's just, you know, I mean, I think you know, obviously every actor is different. I used to, before I met my husband, I dated a couple of actors. (laughs) So I do have a draw to actors. I do like them because you're just like fun and creative and all that sort of stuff. Right. And I think that there's, and I think again, because I'm a freelance artist too, I get it. Like I get that I could, I could photograph you and then, you know, your next session, you go to another photographer and you feel that like, oh, why didn't they shoot with me again? And then you have to kind of go, oh, well, maybe they needed something different and that's okay, and right? And I think that there's there's that that vulnerability, I think, that I really like and the honesty about it. What I love about actors is that there's they're very honest about it. Like, yeah, I'm working. And then when they're not, they're like, yeah, I'm not working right now. It's really hard. So, you know, they're trying to figure things out. And I find most actors are pretty pretty honest Mm -hmm. with what they're going through, what they're doing. I mean, you get the odd one where it's like they're talking about themselves all the time, but whatever. Right. Do you have any advice
0: for anyone who's considering switching careers either into acting or into what you do into the more creative realm?
1: I think that if you feel that you need that change or that shift, I think start to explore it, right? Like take, I mean, if you're an actor, don't quit your job, right? But go take some acting classes. See if it's what you think it is. And the same thing if somebody wants to get into photography, you know, go buy a camera. What is it about photography that you like? Is it doing portraits? Is it landscape? Is it wildlife? And, and just explore it. I'm a big believer that we have dreams and desires for a reason. And the universe is hoping that you say Yes. Because it might not be like, maybe you get into acting and maybe it's not what you thought it was, but maybe it leads you to writing or maybe directing or maybe the love of your life. But if you didn't follow that initial spark, you never would have found that. Mm -hmm. So if that spark is there, I would say have the courage to follow it. From a more of a practical
0: headshot photographer advice standpoint, as someone who, again, started out in this career later on in life and was bombarded with advice good and bad yeah i had been this is a long lead up to my question but i was told you have to get headshots that look like this by this person like this these are the people who are the best casting directors don't like a b c d e and it was just (laughs) and i found and maybe this is wrong but also i don't care i don't care i kind of shut all that advice away Cause it was so overwhelming and I said I want to shoot with Helen always because you make me feel comfortable mm-hmm. and it's not like i had been told oh don't shoot with Helen it's always Helen is amazing but I think we are so bombarded especially as beginner actors and f- with advice about who to go to where to go outfits to wear types to be what's my question <laughs> it's, more of a, it's more of a comment on that industry and I was just like oh I don't care what anyone says I just want
1: this It's really tricky because it's also you could have, you know, you could have an agent who says, oh, you should shoot with Helen. She's great. Then you have another agent who goes, oh, actually, we prefer this photographer. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Or you have someone who goes, oh, Denise Grant is amazing, which she Mm -hmm, is, mm -hmm. right? But then another photographer says, no, that's not my style or another art. So I think that, so if you're just starting out and you don't have an agent yet, I would say trust your gut, sort of go on, look at websites. You can always have a consultation with different photographers and see who you feel the best with because it's like you and I could date the same guy but have a completely different experience <laughs> and it's the same with agents and it's the same with photographers so you have to make sure that and I think what you said you have to be comfortable because yeah. if you're not comfortable I think that that affects your photos mm-hmm. and then if you have an agent they're your agent right so if they say this is a photographer that we like I mean I don't think agents will never say oh unless it's a really bad photographer like don't use that photographer mm-hmm. and I think that there's sort of like a list of five of us that are usually on that list mm-hmm. and you can't go wrong again you have to trust your gut about who you feel the most comfortable with yeah. and it's the same for acting classes that yeah right it's the great same point. thing like you can have you know you can have a great acting teacher and you have an amazing experience but somebody else didn't so you just sort of have to trust your instinct and honor it And you're not going to make everybody happy. Yes. And everybody in this industry wants to give advice.
0: (laughs) Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Right. Free and for money. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's overwhelming. Do you have a crazy, funny, or
1: memorable moment from your career? I think, you know what? I've really, I've met and photographed some pretty incredible people. Yeah, you have. Colin Wilkinson. Mm. So he played Jean Valjean in Les Mis. Yeah. And so I photographed him a couple of times. But the first time I photographed him, I had said when I went to see his show, I had to leave after the second act because somebody you should have been there somebody had a heart attack behind us oh, so all these paramedics came in and they took him out and I just was like I don't want to stay here like I was really kind of felt uncomfortable wow. and so he said oh so you didn't see the second half of the show and you didn't see this number like bring him home and I said no and he goes okay and he went and he got a chair and he said have a seat and I sat in the chair and he sang it to me Just me. And I remember I'm getting teary eyed now. Like I had goosebumps. Like I was just like, oh my God. Like it was just, I mean, he's unbelievable. Yes. That voice, everything. I just love him. Wow. So that was a pretty special. Yeah.
0: Oh, I'm just getting chills (laughs) thinking of that. That's incredible. What a, that's so cool. Yeah. Is there anything now in this frigid January COVID lockdown whatever we're in? Is there anything right now that that's getting you excited that you're looking forward to that's kind of pumping you up these days?
1: I think like everybody, I'm <laughs> I'm looking for I don't I don't know what you're a doctor. I don't know what the heck's going on with COVID. Neither do I. <laughs> but I, I'm hoping. I feel this like we're all like this. There's this push pull. Right. So you just get started and get momentum and then oh, it's done again. Right. So I think what I look forward to that for myself and for others that we can just keep moving forward Mm -hmm. and that we can keep expanding without lockdowns and without restrictions. And I know that this might be the new norm and just that we have to find a way to live with it. But I just feel so many of us are just finding it challenging. Because every time we, we get excited about something, it's like, oh no, now you can't do that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I think I'm looking forward to things opening up so that everybody can start to feel better about themselves. Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are struggling. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
0: Struggling. And I think the lack of community I find really, really, yeah. really hard. And I think a lot of people aren't aware of how important it was for them. And then. Yeah. And then when it's taken away, they're like, oh, my gosh, I miss it. From something as small as Aquafit classes to all the way up to just their community as a whole, as a nation. Right. It's just everyone's very uh, me, 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 me these days. And because you have to be. It's kind of that survival weird instinct right now. Yeah. Yeah. And we're stuck in our heads a lot,
1: right? <laughs> We've got all this stuff.
0: <laughs> Yes, well, because there's nowhere else to be. <laughs> I'm either stuck in my head or I'm stuck in my kitchen. Like, there's nowhere else for me to go. <laughs> what would you say your either parents, loved ones, guardians, whoever in, is in your life, how would they describe what, they, what you do for a living?
1: I think that they would describe it as... I think, I don't know how they, they would describe that I'm a photographer, but more that I think that they would say that how fortunate I am, that I love what I do so much. Is there anything you want to promote? My photography also, but I also have my own podcast. And so that is called The Feminine Warrior. And I'm doing it with my dear friend, Diane Wiseman, and we co-host it together. And it's, it's I would say it's 95% women, And it's just sort of sharing our stories and sharing our journeys and also looking at the parts that weren't easy, because those are actually the parts where we get to learn and grow the most. And so, yeah, so I'm really enjoying that. It's a fun, creative outlet and just trying to, as you're doing, trying to raise the voice of women, specifically ours is raising the voice of women. But yeah, but that's a lot of fun to do.
0: Thank you everyone for tuning in this week and thank you, Helen. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule. I know how in demand you are. And thank you for the incredible photos you've taken of me over the last couple years. Everyone, if you need headshots taken, Helen Tansy is the best. I have no financial gains. I make no financial gains from recommending Helen. She's just the best. She makes me feel the most comfortable and the most confident in front of the camera. She's the only one I will let steal parts of my soul, aka take photos of me everyone check out helen tansy's website for obviously her headshot photos but her incredible sundari women project and check out her podcast the feminine warrior Uh, all the uh, links to the podcast and her website are in the show notes below and i hope you'll tune in next week for another episode of second act actors bye second act actors is produced and edited by me janet mcmorty theme music by guillaume additional sound editing by david studio additional video editing by jackie wadewer show notes written by sarah hopkinson I record using Riverside FM. If you're interested in developing an interview-based webcast like mine, I highly recommend this platform. Shoot me an email and I'll direct you to the wonderful folks there. If you or someone you know is interested in being a guest, email me at secondactactors at gmail.com. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. My love language is words of affirmation, so compliments, constructive criticism, and feedback are always welcome and encouraged. Negative Nancy's, Judgy McJudgerson's, or Debbie Downer's, unless you're Rachel Dratch, regarding me or my guests are not welcome. It takes serious courage to share your story with the world, so if you're tempted to negatively comment about someone else's story, please ask your therapist why you're such a garbage person. Save the drama for the stage. On that happy note, I hope you'll tune in next week for another episode of Second Act Actors. Bye!